We've reached the end of the road. It's the final episode of the Road to Wheeling podcast. The stage is set for the Super 6. Sorry, Dave. I kind of like this. We need to keep doing this. Kind of like this. Let's just have kind of a podcast for the week of what's going on. How much it's snowing. No. Okay, first of all, there is not going to be any snow (laughs) for the Super 6. Temperature is in the 40s. No, 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 no. Temperature is in the 40s for the day. At night, it's going to be 30. But it's not going to snow. There's no no precip. AM precip only. Let's hope. We could keep doing this for basketball season. I love I love basketball. I'm in. Okay, good. Let's focus on the uh, task at hand, though, oh, yeah. before we get too far ahead. Focus. we got to talk Super 6. Can you do that, Dave? Focus, focus. The stage is set. I had one of the teams correct. I almost had him. I have my bracket here right in front of me. I did have Bluefield in the Super 6 and then crossed oh, it out gee, and put Bridgeport. I almost had 100%. Uh-huh. You also are one for two. Yes. In the AA uh, championship game. This is correct. Boy, uh, the, the Class A championship, though. Uh, just throw it out. That's – I remember Dave saying two weeks ago, I'm not sold on St. Mary's Boy, just yet. Yep. You know, I've been wrong before. Just ask Brad Jett. <laughs> Let's take a look at how the brackets are shaping up for the Super 6. We'll also look back at what happened to our two local teams, Bridgeport and Fairmont Senior in the state semis and we'll preview all three state championship games. So here's how it looks. Class A championship game coming up Saturday at 7 p.m. Top of the bracket, St. Mary's knocks off number one seed East Hardy, has an opportunity to defend its state championship, going to take on the 10 seed Wheeling Central, which had an easy, easy victory in the semifinals at home, no less. It is going to play what's essentially a home game at Wheeling Island Stadium. So, St. Mary's versus Wheeling Central, the Class A Five championship versus game. 10. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. That's crazy. Much much more, uh, I would say, uh, what, what do they say during the NCAA tournament? You call it chalk, right, when you have the tournament bracket mm-hmm. shape up. We did have one through four in the state semis in AA. Fairmont upsets Mingo in the state semifinals. What an upset. To move on. Well, statistically, it is an upset because an Mingo upset. hadn't lost in 26 consecutive games. That is correct. Fairmont at 12-1 and one moves on to the Super 6 for the second consecutive season. First time in 115 years of Fairmont senior football that the Polar Bears are playing mm-hmm. in the state championship game in back-to-back seasons. Bottom half of the bracket, Bluefield stays unbeaten, improves to 13-0 and with a 37-14 victory over Bridgeport. I think I had that. Indians fall in the double-A semis for the second year running. I think I I had – you know what? I had that part of the bracket 100% 100 right. You know what? I had double-A up to the point of one – I had double-A 100% correct except for when I started the bracket – I picked Mingo to play in the and championship. Then changed his and mind. then changed my mind last week, and I said it. Right. So I consider myself 100% correct in double-A. Okay. Oh, sure. All right. So that's <laughs> that's how it works. Um, great. We'll talk more about double-A in just a second. Here's what's happening in triple-A. You've got Martinsburg beating Capital, and you've got a rematch, really, of the triple-A state championship a season ago. Martinsburg beats Capital to advance. Spring Valley, the four seed, knocked off Huntington, ending Huntington's perfect season. Shock. So that means we do have a rematch of the state championship game from last season, which Martinsburg won handily a year ago. That is a noon kick Saturday at Wheeling Island Stadium. Martinsburg had a little bit of a test against Capitol, at least in the first half. That game was very close. uh, And as you said, a big surprise on the top half of the bracket with Huntington going out. Thought we were going to have a battle for perfection in that state championship game. Uh, That's no longer the case. And so really there are only two teams that have um, an opportunity for perfection. It's Bluefield. And Martinsburg. And only one of them is going to get it. You think so? All right. We'll talk about (laughs) that more in just a sec. 
But let's start with a recap of the state semis in AA. Let's dissect what happened. We'll start. We'll do it in chronological order, Chronolo Dave, okay? Good. We'll go Bridgeport-Bluefield first, then we'll take a look at Fairmont Senior Mingo. Now, you were at the Bridgeport-Bluefield game. Were you smart enough to find it? I was able to find it, On Dave. Google. In, in, fact, in fact, I was there early. Really? I got there so early that I was the second or third person in the stadium. Bluefield's athletic director, a kid who was there to set up the scoreboard. I'm blanking on his name. It might have been Alonzo. I, I can't remember. For, I can't remember, and I'm sorry that I don't remember his name. He's a real nice kid. He helped me get situated. But you couldn't remember his it name. It was those two Bluefield guys and, you. and me and you. in the stadium. Yeah. I was there in plenty of time. Google's a good thing. It is. It's yeah, really wonderful it's how that good. works, isn't it? So, <laughs> Bridgeport goes to Bluefield, and the final score, 37-14. to 14. Uh, I'll, take, I'll lead, take the lead on you this one. You take the lead on Fairmont Senior. I was sure. at the Fairmont. So the, the interesting thing that happened in this game, I'm standing on the sidelines uh, in the end zone doing some pregame coverage for WBOY, and a Bridgeport, an unnamed Bridgeport parent, walks up to me and says, Hey, Nick, I have some insight for you. And I said, okay, what's this insight? Thought, thought somebody was going to jab me right. about me not being able to use search engines. Right. He comes up to me and he says, I think your boy's not going to play tonight. And I said, what the heck do you mean my boy's not going to play tonight? Everybody knows I love John Merica. His best name is name, exceptional, best right? Best name in football. America, Captain yeah. America, right? <laughs> he tells me that America is hurt and might not be playing. I knew he was banged up a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure when he sustained an injury, but he did have something going on with his leg. I, I noticed he was limping around at practice last week uh, when, when I went to visit to do interviews with a couple of the players and coaches. But when it's the state semifinals, you're not going to miss there. the game, especially right. if it's your potentially your last game as Bridgeport's star senior quarterback, exactly right? right? Fourth or fifth play from scrimmage, Bridgeport is moving the football, opening possession, from the power pistol, doing it well. Merica takes his first read option, keeps it himself, goes up the middle. I believe he picks up a first down, gets hit low. Not a dirty play by no. any means, just a low tackle to take out his legs. And he came out. Merica came out of the game. Did not return at quarterback in the first half. Did that moment or Merica's injury make the difference in the game? No, but it certainly didn't help Bridgeport hang with them. What Bridgeport did after that, and of course we're recapping Bridgeport's 37-14 semifinal loss to Bluefield, its most lopsided loss in the last five seasons. There's more to it than Merica's inability to play at 100%. This is by no means his fault. Right. Bridgeport did well going back to the power from the power pistol to the stick eye, something that I, in my two and a half years covering Bridgeport football, had not seen because they've gone away from the stick eye. They went back to That's it. all I've seen. <laughs> and they really frustrated Bluefield. They didn't score, though. They kicked two field goals, missed them both, and then did score at halftime. You're looking at this game, if we have if Bridgeport makes two field goals, which were manageable, makeable field goals, and gets that late first half touchdown from it's Jake Bowen, game. it's actually 13-12. If, if oh, Bridgeport right, makes the extra point, Bridgeport would be in the lead, and Bluefield had a lot of trouble converting point afters uh, throughout the game. And the other, the other thing about that, what you're saying is Bridgeport kept the ball the entire first oh, quarter. Oh, my goodness. And did not convert. And, right. And I was at the Mingo game the next day and sitting next to the Bridgeport, one of the Bridge, or one of the Bluefield coaches, and he brought that point up. He's like, we thought in that first series we couldn't stop these guys. Right. No, and, and so Bridgeport was just moving it. Three, four yards a pop. I think picked up a couple of fourth down conversions and got to the three-yard line. Just couldn't – just didn't make the field goal. I mean, Bridgeport, it, it, even without America, Bridgeport was still – 
in the mm-hmm. game and, and for the most part controlling it. Here's the difference, though. Here's the thing. And here's why I think even a healthy 100% John Merica does not make the difference in this game. Mookie Collier. Exactly. <laughs> that kid is on another level. Now, I should have known that when you go up against a kid who has a nickname Truck, mm-hmm. as in Truck Edwards, that mm-hmm. there's going to be some trouble. Sprinkle in Mookie Collier. Mm-hmm. That is a two-headed monster Mookie of dreams out back of the backfield. There. It's like it's like Westfall and uh, Lance from, from, um, uh, Liberty, from Liberty, and it's like uh, Thunder and Lightning from uh, South Harrison. You let one do the bruising, right. and then the other one cleans it all Man, up. Man, because Collier, I, I know Freddie Canary has the title of fastest kid in the state, at least Collier's in Class A. He, it, when he hits the corner, there is no stopping mm-hmm. him. He's going to cause a lot of problems for Fairmont, and we're going to talk about that in a sec when we preview that state championship matchup. Collier rushed for 300 yards and had three scores, and when I tell you he was untouchable, He was untouchable. Runs of 55 and 67 yards to the house in the first half. That's what put Bluefield ahead 12-7 by the break. This kid is is exceptional. Bluefield did not have to pass the football. Did not have to pass the football a single time. And because of this combination of Truck Edwards and Mookie Collier, they pound the ball up the middle, pound the ball up the middle with Truck, then they pitch it outside to Collier, and he goes to the house. Mm -hmm. And what was incredible about Truck Edwards – and, and I, I have only seen Bluefield once this season, but I assume he also gets a good bit of praise. He has a younger brother, I learned, named Juice, and there have been a lot of great athletes who have also gone, gone by that if nickname. If he's a younger brother, shouldn't he be called Pickup? I don't know. Pickup truck. Pickup truck, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Hey, I didn't name him. I'm just, I'm just regurgitating this information, the scouting report, right? N- not once during the game that I recall was Truck Edwards tackled by an individual Indian, nor a pair of Indians, or even a trio of Indians. I mean, this guy takes four or five or six athletes to bring down. He is a beast. He's hard to stop. He doesn't necessarily pick up a ton of yards, right? He's not breaking out these big runs like Collier, but he is a threat to pick up a first down on every single first and 10 out of that power eye that Bluefield runs because when they give him the ball, he puts he gets his pad level down as he hits the hole. I mean, it takes an army to stop this yeah. boy. And then Bridgeport started getting sucked in a little bit. They pitch it out to Collier on that these sweeps it. around the outside, and that was it. So this is the scouting report on Bluefield that, that, that I can give. I know that Bluefield didn't have to pass the football at all. They may have to against Fairmont. They may want to in order to try to mm-hmm. uh, keep the Polar Bears on their toes a little bit. Nobody on that good, solid Bridgeport Indians defense could keep up with Mookie Collier. They could not stop him. He is by far, in my opinion, other than maybe Tyson Bajant playing for AAA Mm -hmm. at Martinsburg, Martinsburg. Collier is the best football player in the state. Collier's got some speed. I'd love to see see a one-on-one race between him and Freddie Canary. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Freddie, make that happen, will you? <laughs> but anyhow, that, that's that's what I picked up, Dave. You know, I, I thought Bridgeport, with everything that happened in that game, America's injuries, the missed field goals, Bridgeport was, you know, still in the game, right. down by five points at halftime, kicked it away, and you know, ended up trailing by 17 in the third quarter, but uh, was able to get back, get it back within 10. But I mean, there just was simply no stopping right. Collier, and right. that was the that was the difference maker for Bridgeport. The Indians were in it as much as they could be, but because they had no answer for Collier, there was no victory There's for no the answer. Indians. Right yeah. now, one thing that I want to point out as we dissect this game and, and wrap it up. Bluefield struggled to defend the pass. Mm-hmm. Bluefield really struggled to defend the pass against a Bridgeport team that does not that pass the ball throw. well. Bridgeport had to pass out of desperation maybe a handful of times, three or four times, and converted on every single big passing play. 
uh, and was also able to turn out a couple of big running plays through Jake Bowen when Merica did get back into the game in the second half. Those passing plays completed by Devin Vandegrift, Bridgeport's backup quarterback, really hurt Bluefield and led to one of those early early Bridgeport scores. What's going to happen, though, well, when it's Connor Neal on the well, other side? And, and at the Mingo game, the, the Bluefield coach that I was sitting next to, he kept writing stuff down every time uh, uh, Connor would throw a pass, and he, he said it to me probably five or six times. I don't know if we can defend this kid. Mm. And when an assistant coach for Bluefield tells you, I don't know if we can defend this kid, and he was literally a little worried about that passing attack. Mm -hmm. So that tells you a little bit more about it right there. Mm -hmm. So bottom line, I mean, Bridgeport played a quality game. Uh, I think this this is rare for Bridgeport, was just simply outmatched. You know, mm -hmm. last year that Fairmont senior game, it was very it even, was very level contest. This time, for the first time in the last five seasons, Bridgeport was truly outmatched. Yeah. That's rare for the Indians. Yeah, they were outmatched, and, and, and that's a great, great Bluefield team to do it. So enough about that matchup. What about the second semifinal, the Ooh. Saturday game? Fairmont Sr. goes to Mingo. I, I couldn't have envisioned this. 29 unanswered points in the second half. Oh, I could. Completely shuts <laughs> out the Miners' offense to win 35-6. to That means Fairmont's going back to the Super 6, back-to-back -back seasons, going to take on Bluefield. What did you learn from that game, Dave? Well, outside of the fact that Mingo has pink uh, wall, uh, walls in their visitors' locker room and absolutely no lighting in their locker room for the visitors, that's, that's, a, interesting. that's a different story, but we won't get into that. Um, I do want to say a quick thanks to the people of Mingo County for making our semifinal episode the most listened to oh, episode yeah. of the Road to Wheeling oh, podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They listened uh, They listened in bunches. They let, the, let their unhappiness be known, and uh, Fairmont let their unhappiness be known on Saturday. Right. <laughs> you know, bottom line is this. Fairmont's defense was too much for Mingo. Uh, Mingo put up some huge points during the year, and they had a great passing game. They had no passing game on Saturday. The reason is every time uh, Mr. Dillon went back to pass, they were in his face. The receivers did not have time to get open. The they took the downfield passing game completely away from Mingo Central. They made them one-dimensional, and that's not going to get it. Mm -hmm. Mingo kept the ball to start the game, went right down, stopped him on a fourth down. Next, Fairmont takes the ball, goes down and scores. Mingo drives the field again, 10-yard ten line, fourth down, doesn't make it. They hammered them. When it, they bent a little bit by, by the running game of Jeremy Dillon and the other running back. Great duo. But one, at one point, uh, Dante Stills had a direct shot at Dillon before he unleashed a pass and hit him square in the chest and knocked him on his rear end. Mm. From that point on, Jeremy Dillon was hurt. He limped from halfway through the second quarter on the rest of the game. They hurt him, and it was it was very apparent. I remember one play where uh, they blitzed off of the – Fairmont blitzed off of the side, off of the corner. He turned to run, and he was limping. He couldn't even run away from the kid, um, mm. and they, they downed him. Um, it, was, it was very obvious what Fairmont did. Fairmont – and that's the other thing about this Fairmont defense. They played Kaiser in the first round. Kaiser's that came in averaging 29.9 points a game. They scored 12, mm -hmm. and all 12 of them were late, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Wayne came in averaging uh, 39.2. Fairmont gave him eight. One score, right. Same Mingo, with Mingo. Mingo averaged 57.6 wow. points per game. Wow. They gave him six, and wow. that one was almost on a didn't fourth happen, right? and goal. Yeah, almost didn't happen. Mingo had a first and goal at the two and got it to fourth and goal at the one. Fairmont was not giving up on it. 
Fairmont went into this game with the mindset of revenge. I don't care what Nick Bardick said. <laughs> they were going to they were going to pull some revenge out of what happened last year, not just on the field, but in the stands as well. They were upset. I talked to Dante Stills before the game. I have never seen a high school football player more focused than he was. I'm sitting there talking to him. He's staring right through me. <laughs> I mean, these guys were ready. And then the locker room situation, and then at halftime where the locker room was locked mm. and they couldn't get into their locker room, it all just added up to a beatdown, and that's what happened. That's what Fairmont did to Mingo. You know, it's amazing how much different the scoreline and the, and the tide of the game looked this time around as opposed to last year in December in the Super 6 because – you know, Mingo was able to fire away at will. Big, big pass plays. Played takeaway from Fairmont. I want to say the Polar Bears had two or three costly turnovers mm -hmm. in the Super they 6 did. last year. Mingo was able to run whatever offense it wanted and was able to throw the ball all over the Polar Bears. Mm -hmm. You fast forward almost an entire calendar did. year, and it is a completely, completely. different completely. contest. And you know what the difference is? Bridgeport. Mm. You know, I think that's an interesting point. Here yeah. is the difference here. Fairmont last year won a state championship because they beat Bridgeport in the semifinal game. I don't care what they say, it took them a couple of days to get over that incredible semifinal game with Bridgeport. Mm -hmm. Now they're focused to play a Mingo team that they know nothing about, right. they have no history with. Mingo came in and, and, and used their will on them. Well, you know what? Not the case this year. Fairmont got ready to play Mingo. Fairmont beat Mingo. And it doesn't mean nearly what it meant for them to beat Bridgeport a year ago. That's why Bluefield mm -hmm. could be in trouble. Fairmont is preparing for this one differently than they prepared last yeah, year. Yeah, I'll say I just talked to Nick Bardick before we came over here, and he said the exact same thing, that Bridgeport last year, I'm, I'm paraphrasing at this point, Bridgeport last year, that was the Super Bowl. That was it. Because nobody had ever done that before. Right. Nobody had, at least in recent years, nobody had gone to Wayne Jameson Field beating the Indians in, in the playoffs. Right. Fairmont was able to do it in the, one of the most dramatic finishes that you're ever going to see. It wasn't just they went in there and beat them. It was how they beat right. them. Right. It, it, took, it took them a while to get over that. And truly, the celebrations of that game mm -hmm. lasted the entire week. Mm -hmm. uh, up, uh, it was almost, uh, not, not to take anything away from the players, but to some people, I would say, in the community, Wheeling was an afterthought. I mean, exactly. that, that's, that's how it felt as an onlooker, the way not that people year. were rallying <laughs> around this team. It is not no. the same this year. No. And I think that the most important thing that could have happened to this Fairmont senior team, yes, Darius Stills and Jake Abbott, are not on this team, and they were very, very good football players that helped take Fairmont to the state championship game. But the reason the Polar Bears are in this spot right now is because of that experience from last season. No doubt. I think that, you know, you see their only loss of the year. We could be talking about, if, if it's not for a fumble late in the fourth quarter at Milan Pharmaceutical Stadium mm -hmm. back in the early part of the season, we're talking about two unbeaten teams sure. going to Wheeling and playing each other for a state championship. That is exactly Fairmont right. Fairmont has done everything this season, everything you could ask of the Polar Bears, Fairmont has done it except for a two-point loss mm -hmm. at University. Where they fumbled the ball on the eight-yard line right. with a minute and a half to go. Driving, had the momentum, yes. should have been able to put it away in the final two minutes of the game, just couldn't get it done. They put that together. They, they win that game. They're the number one seed. Bluefield's the number right. two seed this right. week. And you, you, I, think, I think that that is what has made the – you talk about Dante Still's focus, the players' focus going to Mingo – I just talked to some of the players who said last year when we went to Wheeling Island Stadium, we didn't know 
we didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. We were nervous and excited, and we just had this crazy roller coaster of emotions. Now, now that doesn't have to exist Mm -hmm. anymore because these kids, the ones who are back, know what it's like to be there. And even though Bluefield is a very good football team, even though Bluefield hasn't lost this season, even though Bluefield has 10 state championships to its credit, none of those kids had the experience that Stills had last season, Mm -hmm. that Gilbert had last season, that some of the other returning players had last season. focused team right now. And I want to say one more thing, Dave. Bryson Gilbert just jogged my memory. How about that pick six, man? I mean, <laughs> happened if, right in front of me. If, if not for the goal line stands, mm-hmm. that's the turning point in the game. It was the turning point in the game because at that point it was 13 6 mm-hmm. or 12 6. 12 6 or 13 It made six. it a two possession game. It made game, it a two possession game. But the momentum changed. And the whole, yeah, you could just feel the entire momentum in the stadium change. And then they got another one, and then Domingo. Uh, stands started clearing out. Final score, 35-6. Polar Bears back to the state championship game for the second year in a row. So we've already hinted at it, Dave. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's break down this matchup between Bluefield and Fairmont Senior. What is going to make the difference in this game? We know that Bluefield really likes to run the football and can do it better than just about anybody in the Mm -hmm. state. Has a lot of weapons on offense, but Fairmont showed last week that it's capable of going up against a former state player of the year in Jeremy Dillon and taking down that Miners offense that hadn't lost in 26 consecutive contests. The key to this game is defense. You have two high-powered offenses. Uh, You have Bluefield that I'm not going to say they can't throw the ball because they can but for the most part, they're one-dimensional. Right, and they don't really necessarily have to, and maybe to. they didn't want to against right. Bridgeport, right? Right, but they don't like it's not That's not necessary. You got Truck, you got Mookie, and that's all they need. The other thing that I noticed that the, that the Bluefield assistant coach was writing down was how much, how many yards Jeremy Dillon made keeping the ball himself. Mm. So I think you're, Fairmont's going to see a three-running back situation because they're going to, you've got the quarterback going to be a running back basically as well. Can they throw the ball if they have to? It it could be the same situation that we saw in Mingo, where anytime they throw, it's going to be short because they're not the the, the pressure that Fairmont's line put puts on mm-hmm. the quarterback to throw when he throws. The, the downfield's not going to be there. Fairmont can do both. Fairmont can run the ball. Fairmont can throw the ball. The difference is going to be the two defenses. Bluefield has been in, I think it was one close game all year. When Early I in the season yeah. against Graham, yeah. which is a team from Virginia, which, by the way, a little bit of insight to that if you're not familiar with mm-hmm. that rivalry. The schools are separated by the West Virginia-Virginia border. They both play uh, at Bluefield College. They, they share that stadium for their high school games. And I was told by some reporters down there that about 15,000 wow. people showed up for the Graham-Bluefield wow. game the first week of the season. And you're right, that was really the last time that Bluefield was tested uh, was that very first game of the season, one on a, a field goal late. And maybe I want to say had a goal line stand in there as well right. at some point to, to get that victory. But think think about that. I mean, yeah, sure, Fairmont has the experience of going to the Super 6. Well, what about playing in that kind yeah. of an environment? I, that's an environment that Fairmont has played in. Right. That it really, 15,000 people, it hasn't. I think, though, w- w- between these two, it's going to come down to whichever defense can step up, and that's pretty potent defense Fairmont mm-hmm. has. So I want to mention a couple of other names that we, we talk about Truck and Mookie, mm-hmm. right? They're the ones who, particularly Collier, who's a Kennedy Award candidate, uh, 
Ronell Blevins and Chandler Cooper are also a couple of names to keep in mind. Uh, Cooper had a, had a touchdown run late in the game that was really sealed the deal for Bluefield. And what Bluefield started to do in the second half, they, they like to run, even in this stick eye, they like to run a lot of backfield motion. They'll send wide receivers in motion and sort of like fake a jet sweep and then give it off to truck up the middle, right? Well, at one point, they fake the jet sweep and Cooper didn't even turn around, right? There's just that motion in the backfield. Everybody's eyes are stuck on the receiver in motion. Cooper stood up, took it right up the middle, and ran for a 20-yard touchdown. And that was that was the back-breaking was play it. for Bluefield. We didn't. I don't think we saw everything that Bluefield is capable in that win over Bridgeport no. because we didn't have to see it all, right? They they did two things really. They gave it out wide to Mookie and they gave it up the middle to Truck. I love those names. That's that's <laughs> awesome that they Mookie have those kind of nicknames. That's awesome. But you know, I, I think that if if you think yes, it's going to come down to defense. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as Fairmont made it seem against Mingo oh, Central no, no, no. because this is a this is a fantastic Bluefield offense. But, and here's the difference between Bluefield and Mingo. Fairmont's defense was able to turn Mingo into one dimensional by playing great defense. Mm. The the dimension they took away from them was their passing game. A little easier to take away the passing game by rushing the the, the linebackers and rushing the linemen mm. than it is to take away a running game. So, yeah, there is a difference there, but it will be more difficult to take uh, the offense away from Bluefield, and they're not going to take the offense away from Bluefield. The point is they have got to play well enough to allow their offense to win the game for them. So I think I have, I have two comments here. These are the players that I'm keying in on to make the difference. Okay, We're, One is a unit and one is an individual player for Fairmont. For Fairmont, the – uh, defensive, the instead of the front seven, right, making the difference, I think it's the linebacker core that's mm-hmm. going to make the difference because you have Stills and Frazier up front, and they can plug the run. Maybe Dante Stills is going to be with the first player all season to tackle Truck Edwards solo. <laughs> that could be. I don't know if that's a statistic. That'd be a heck of a, that would be a, an incredible sight to see those two. <laughs> right? But when Mookie Collier gets the outside, those defensive linemen, they, they, oh, no. they're blocked, they're sealed off. It comes, it comes down to cornerbacks, Speed. safeties, or linebackers who have to make tackles in the open field. And then speed. Right. It's something Bridgeport, Bridgeport has speed. Bridgeport couldn't tackle Mookie when he, when he got into the open field very, very frequently. And that's why you see him make those big touchdown runs. Fairmont's going to have to tackle Collier in the open field. If they can do that, then they're going to prevent that big splash play that's going to lead to a touchdown or lead to a big switch in field position. That is going to be the key. I think though that unit, the secondary and the linebackers on defense are going to make the difference for Fairmont in this game. But individually, the player that needs to have another big game and, and seems to always do it in every fashion when Fairmont going. Sr. plays in a big game during his going. career. Who is it, Dave? Number five. It's Bryson Gilbert. Yep. It's Bryson Gilbert. I think Gilbert is due for another huge game. I mean, the, the kid is the kid is fantastic. He came up with that huge play. He's not mm-hmm. necessarily known for his defense. He's mm-hmm. known as a as a great runner and pass catcher. We caught a pass from the wrong team, and that and was then, the game-changing play. Right. And what about last season? The catch and the stretch, mm-hmm. right? He's the one who comes up with the catch on a long play, uh, almost a desperation play mm-hmm. for Fairmont to help seal the deal in that win over Bridgeport. Bridgeport this year. I think, the yes, that's return. right, the punt return. Huge punt return to give Fairmont a chance to win that game late. Bryson Gilbert has made the difference so many times for Fairmont. Does he have one more left in him? I believe Does so. he have one more left in him? If he does, it, I would not be surprised, Dave, as we give our predictions here, I would not be surprised by any result. 
I would not be surprised by a Fairmont blowout, a Bluefield blowout, or a game that goes into quadruple overtime, just because I think there are so many different ways that this matchup can go. I don't see this being a blowout either way. Really? I don't think it can I'm, be. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I think it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be a really competitive game, which when you look back at some of these results mm -hmm. in the playoffs, neither of these two teams has played in a close game mm -hmm. recently, not, mm -hmm. not just in the playoffs, but dating back to the early part of the season. So what's your take, Dave? Who who comes away with a victory well, in the state championship? All game? right. Well, there's my bracket. Right. I'm looking at it. He's got Bluefield as the champion, and he doesn't have – he has – oh, Mingo Central. That's right. He has Mingo Central in the state championship. That's right. I and couldn't I read it underneath that X. I understand that. I had to mark out Mingo Central. But I did pick Mingo and Bluefield to be in the championship game when the playoffs began. I changed it last week to Fairmont and Bluefield in the championship game. So I've got on my bracket Bluefield winning the championship. After seeing Fairmont on Saturday and seeing them completely control a great Mingo Central team, Fairmont's winning this game. Defensively, Fairmont's got a better defense. That's where it's going to be won. Okay, I had Fairmont. Fairmont Bridgeport, you right? You did. I should have stuck with my gut instead of trying let to let our boss yeah, talk to you. That's right. It. Appease, appease people, right? That's okay because I had Fairmont as the outright champion from the start. Can't go back on that now. Nope. But I will say, Bluefield, after watching that machine do its thing against Bridgeport, a really talented team, they're, talented. they're scary, man. Yep. They're scary. And they are a very good football team. They're scary, but that Fairmont defense on Saturday it's good, was man. pretty scary and, as well. And, and that's the thing. I, I think that I needed to see that from Fairmont in order to feel at least some semblance of mm -hmm. confidence uh, in my pick. I'm going with the Polar Bears. I'm sticking with them. I, I want to say this. I was right one time with a prediction. <laughs> I had Fairmont beating Bridgeport by three points or fewer. That's what I said mm -hmm. to, to my buddy Mike Corley, one of our photographers here, last year at the state championship mm -hmm. game. And everybody was like, oh, Bridgeport's going to win, blah, blah, blah. Okay? I said Fairmont by three points or fewer, and I won't be surprised if it goes to overtime. And you were right. That's the same line on the Bluefield game. Yeah. Not going to be surprised if it goes to overtime. Boy, Fairmont wins it. Fairmont wins it by three points or fewer. Would That's that what be I go incredible? with. Wouldn't it be? An overtime game. Listen, I because of deadlines, I want it to end in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I want Fairmont to run all over them. I want Fairmont to end the game in two hours flat so that everything goes perfectly. 42 nothing. Listen, listen. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> and it's not it going to never, happen. It, I've been doing this since 1987. No, yeah, it's right. It's never yeah, happened. With my luck, now yeah. that I've just cursed it, the game is going to end at 1045. Oh, easy. Right? Right. Eight overtime. Trip, yeah, triple overtime. <laughs> Geez, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be – all three of the Super 6 games are going to be good games, but I think this one in particular – maybe not the Martinsburg game. The triple But I think this not. one in particular could be a very, very yeah. fun game to watch. This will be an awesome game if you like offense. But, and and that's, the, that's, that's the thing about it. If a defense steps up like I think they will, I think that tips the scales. Very easily tips the scales, too. All right, Dave, some final thoughts as we wrap up the last episode of the Road to Wheeling podcast. Give me we your love Brad Jet. Yeah, we love Brad Jet. <laughs> How's your helmet sticker? It's By the way, it his is. helmet right sticker there. is on his second monitor of his computer. Forever enshrined it's in there. the Dave Stingo corner that office. correct. The AAA game is the noon kick Saturday at Wheeling Island Stadium. It's Spring Valley and Martinsburg in a rematch of last year's state championship game. Even though... The Bulldogs were tested last week against Capital. I don't really see this, uh, again, being a close game. I think no. Martinsburg runs away with it. What about you? Martinsburg Martinsburg names their score. I think Spring Valley hangs for a little bit. 
uh, simply because they're a pretty good football team. Anybody goes into Huntington and beats Huntington is a pretty good mm-hmm. football team. But we can't overlook the fact that Spring Valley has two losses. Martinsburg is a machine. Martinsburg wins this one. Low-scoring game against Huntington, too. I think the final was 10-7, right? Um, what, Huntington sorry, Spring, Spring Valley? Spring Valley, Huntington was a close game. 28-27. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't know that um, – I don't know that – Spring Valley has the ability to hang with Martinsburg no. offensively. No. But I will say, I think that you'll see um, perhaps a, a, a paradigm shift start to happen next year in AAA. I think that Capital has proven a lot about just how good of a football team it is. No, and we could and we could see we could start to see a bit of a shift just like we did last year with the end of the Bridgeport regime in AA. Perhaps it's going to start to tip Capital's way beginning next season. The thing about high school is – they have to leave in four years. Right. And, you know, you have incredible classes that come through. And when those classes are gone, sometimes you're, you're going to take a valley. And that's a situation with uh, Bridgeport. They're not taking a huge valley because that's still a pretty good program. But it's not the level it was in those years that they were just head and shoulders above right. everybody else. Yeah, seven and that's straight, what happens. Semi, seven straight semifinal yeah. appearances, including yeah. one in AAA, right? Yeah, they, they, they've had athletes, they've had coaching, they've had it all. And, but there was a four-year period where they had it all plus. I mean, it happens at every level, not mm-hmm. just not just uh, high school football. I mean, you see it happen in college football a lot. L- look at how long, and I know this has more to do with just graduation rates, but look at how long it took Miami to get back to the very top. Ooh. And Miami just lost a pit, yeah, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Lost a pit. But think about that. Miami was the dominant program in the mm-hmm. 90s, right? There were so many athletes who went to the U. The U was a brand. The U was huge. And now and now it's Alabama's college football. And Alabama it'll, lost to Auburn, too. It'll still get in. Of course they yeah, will, course by the way. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's hey, everybody's a, everybody's a Nick Saban. Play? Everybody around here is a Nick Saban fan uh, come uh, come the end of college football Manonga season, boy. right? That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and Brian Fisher. And, yeah, Jimbo. 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 Fisher. Jimbo, Brian, Jimbo right? yeah. Too bad Florida State had such a rough uh, rough go this yeah, season. The rumor is he's leaving for Texas A&M anyway. Wow, so. geez. There, there's been a lot of drama yeah. going on in college football. And always always at this point when you see the, the end of the regular season and every team that had high expectations that is not – bowl eligible or is not playing oh, in a conference trouble. championship game, the rumors start to spin. There's a reason spin, they're spin. in that situation. Yeah, right. It, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy carousel. But, you know, even even in the NFL, too, there is, there is I think, we talked about it before on the podcast, this is a down period for the league. There There is, other than, you know, people who play fantasy football, this is not necessarily an incredibly exciting it season. It really isn't. It is for Steelers fans who are nine and, who are, have a team that are 9-2. and two, even, Need a 53-yard field goal to yeah, beat the right. Packers. Yeah, right. Well, hey, that's excitement right there. It comes down to the wire, tied for the long longest field goal kicked in uh, successfully After in he high misses school an history, extra point. right? Yeah. But I think I think that it I mean it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere and there are paradigm shifts that happen all the time, which is why it shouldn't be such a surprise that we see the incredible uh, scenario unfolding in Class A, where you have a number 5 team in St. Mary's and a number 10 team in Wheeling Central. Both of them hit some lumps this season. Both of them m- didn't necessarily have down years for the program, still made the playoffs, and are now going to compete for a state championship. These are two storied programs. Wheeling Central has has won as a low seed before, won a state title as a low seed before. And, and they're Saint at Mary's, home. And they're at home, essentially. St. Mary's is the reigning state champ. What do you think of this matchup? Had to knock, Both teams had to knock off very good football teams. Central Catholic knocks off South Harrison in the second round. St. Mary's beats East Hardy in a state championship rematch in the state semis. Who takes the cake? Well, I've said it all along. I'm not sold on St. Mary's. Okay. 
I was wrong. Oh, poor Dave. I was wrong. And I'll tell you why I wasn't sold on St. Mary's. I blame Brad Jett. <laughs> of course you do. I blame Brad Jett because he went over there and whipped their hind ends. So, I'm sold on them again. Okay. St. Mary's wins this one. Yeah, I think St. Mary's just has something, that charisma, I don't yeah. know what you'd call it. I mean, Wheeling Central has had an exceptional postseason, too. Coming to Robert C. Bird and drubbing South Harrison, beating Summers County on the road. I mean, the Maroon Knights took a really tough road to the Super 6 to and get back home. home. Yeah, they are home. I mean, I think, I think that it's going to be a very good game as well. I think this is going to be a really tight contest. I'm going to go with St. Saint Mary's, St. too. Mary. You know what? You know what, though? We're picking Martinsburg. We're picking Fairmont just for the sake of it. You're going to go against me. I'll go Wheeling. That's fine. That's fine. Why not? <laughs> okay. Well, that'll be the deciding factor, then. That's because, fine. Yeah. Unless we're going to name, like, final scores like they do in Vegas. How many combined points in the nah, Super 6? Nah. Over under 150. That's really high. That's I'm really gonna high. I'm going to call the A game over under 10. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> this has been fun, Dave. This has been fun. Maybe we'll be back at some point during basketball season. Let's do it. We can just continue to do a podcast, you know, whenever something dumb happens. We could just it. talk about dumb stuff. I think we need to figure out a way that our podcast just goes directly down to Mingo County. I don't think so. That's <laughs> not happening. It's not happening. Because to be honest with you, once basketball season gets revved up, the miners are going to be right in the thick of it yes, again with, with Dylan with Dylan at the very center of yep. it. Maybe we're going to see a Fairmont senior mingle. Hey, let's just recap for a sec. State semis in basketball in 2017. Yep. Fairmont wins, beats Mingo. State semis in football in 2017. Fairmont beats Fairmont Mingo. Won. This is this is the year of State the polar final bear. final in 2016. Yeah, though. well, wasn't well. That's 2017 <laughs> okay, is the year right. of okay. the polar bear. All right, I'll give you that. And you found that on Google, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> They call me Nick Farrell. They call me the search engine king. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones lately, and so I've been thinking that I need to be Nick of House Farrell. Nick of House? Nick of House Farrell, the, the master of the search engine. Well, and you found out what the search engine, how it works. So I'm I did. very proud. I mean, you found it out on Saturday. I, I am now technologically sound and, and a savvy Right now, 99% user. of our people listening to this podcast is going, what are they talking about? So maybe the 1% knows that's what right. we're talking about. <laughs> maybe we just need to say goodbye. Yes. That sounds good. Maybe we'll be back at some point for a basketball podcast. I don't know. No promises. Follow us, follow us on Twitter, at Nick Farrell, W-B-O-Y, at Dave underscore Stingo for more details whenever we do decide to get around to that. For now, though... Let us know if you're making the trip up to Wheeling. You're going to be there Friday night, I right, Dave? I will be there Friday. And I will be there Friday as well. I'll be live tweeting the game, so you can follow along let on Twitter. Snow, or if you're there, snow, let us know. Let no, it it's not going to snow, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's not going to snow. Somebody get this guy a fake snow machine. Like, Get him a snow globe. I'm going to get Dave a snow globe for Christmas, and I'm going to put his picture in it next to Brad Jett and a little canary on his shoulder. And he can shake it and see all the snow there he wants. There you go. And, and have the words Mingo written on top of it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Road to Wheeling podcast. We appreciate having you along throughout the season. Let us know if you're heading up to the uh, Super 6. Tweet at us at Nick Farrell, WBOI, at Dave underscore Stingo. Thanks for being our guest on the Road to Wheeling. Have a great football offseason, Chiefs. We'll see you during hoop season.